0: Locked On Boston Bruins Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day, well, more like every other day lately due to the pause in the NHL season, which we'll get to in a moment with a big update. First of all, I'd like to let you know that you can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can also find me, your host, Ian McLaren, on that website at Ian C. McLaren. The podcast can be found anywhere anywhere. You can get podcasts, whether it be uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts. You can also get the podcast on your uh, smart device. For example, you can say, Hey Google, play the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast.
1: Sure, Locked On Bruins, daily podcast on the Boston Bruins on Google Podcasts. Work
0: your team every day. If you subscribe to the podcast, each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to listen and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. Today on the show, I am going to be chatting with Chanel Keenan. She is the uh, social contributor to Pucker Up Bruins. And she recently posted a very uh, great article in relation to the Hockey Diversity Alliance at Pucker Up Boston. Uh, so it was very uh, honored to be able to chat with her and it was a great conversation and, and I'm sure that you are going to enjoy it. Before we get to that there are some updates here on um, July 1st in regards to the NHL's return to play plan. First of all happy Canada Day to those of you who are fellow Canadians. For those of you south of the border uh, I guess it's just a Wednesday. So you probably saw on Twitter that many insiders have uh reported that the NHL has shifted its focus to two Canadian hub cities. So instead of Vegas, which had been a proposed hub city for quite some time now, it looks like it will be Toronto and Edmonton who will host NHL Stanley Cup playoff qualifiers and the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, at some point this summer. Nothing is final until players vote on the return to play proposal, which is expected to include... Uh, an extended collective bargaining agreement, and Pierre Lebrun added that it looks like it will involve NHL player participation at both the 2022 and 2026 Winter Olympics, which is very exciting. Now, Vegas had long been presumed to be a favorite as a hub city, but in recent days, uh, there have been a spike in positive cases in COVID-19, as well as several other U.S. states. Uh, Canada, we seem to have it pretty much under control as much as you can for the time being in Toronto. Actually beginning July 7th, you'll have to wear face masks indoors. So that's another, um, positive for Toronto in that way. Uh, now training camps are scheduled to begin next Friday, July 10th, and players will now have to vote on whatever finalized proposal is brought to the table. Um, Right now, they're allowed to participate in voluntary small group sessions at their team facilities. We've seen several Bruins jump in on that so far. Mandatory training camps scheduled to be in July 10th. uh, And I believe I saw that there will be a player opt-out option if uh, they are not comfortable jumping into these hub city bubbles. Eric Engels of Sportsnet had a series of tweets on Tuesday Uh, with some players expressing doubts as to whether uh, this was going to work, whether it was safe, whether they wanted to do that. Um, But it looked like they're going to vote yes regardless because hockey culture will prevail in the end uh, for better or for worse. That's the update for now. Uh, We'll talk about it again once it's confirmed. But for now, let's jump to this great chat with Chanel Keenan of Pucker Up Bruins. And I hope you enjoy uh, this conversation that we had and also uh, have a great yeah, rest of your day and uh, take care of yourselves, friends. Catch you again later. I am joined now on the podcast by Chanel Keenan, who is a contributor to uh, Pucker Up Sports and a very uh, knowledgeable and great uh Follow for all people on Hockey Twitter and Bruins Twitter, and I'm very happy to to chat with her today. Uh, how are you doing this morning, Chanel? How, having a good day so far?
1: Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Um, this has been like a crazy past couple of weeks, so I'm really excited to talk to anybody about anything.
0: Very cool. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely get to that uh, article that you posted, I think, last weekend and the great reaction that uh came about from that uh usually when i have people on the podcast i like to start with kind of their hockey origin stories so how how did you get into uh being a fan of hockey and, and specifically uh the bruins can you can you talk a bit about that
1: sure um i grew up a rink rat my brothers played hockey they're about six years older than me uh and I couldn't have been more disinterested in the sport than being honest. I usually end up playing with the sisters of all the athletes who just literally just run laps around the rink, like constantly and just playing high and seek, like literally doing anything, everything, but actually watching the games. Yeah. Um, but I just remember going to tournaments and, you know, scrimmages and just all these things. So I was really like, immersed in it but completely like separated from it which I think looking back now is pretty hysterical um but I've always kind of been a Bruins fan or a New England sports and growing up in Dorchester just because if you weren't there's like kind of something wrong with you in a sense um but (laughs) yeah I'm not trying to set myself up by being a Yankees fan or anything like that but Ah. um Yeah, I really got into them. Obviously, the year that they won in 2011 was huge. And I only really followed the tail end of that season, like during the playoffs. Um, I was still pretty young when that happened. So I can't like really remember too, too much about it. But 2013 for sure, the 2012 season and the 2013-14 season were definitely really uh, important for me in the sense of like, that's when I really got into it. Um I had a family member who was like kind of sick at the time during our thirteen twenty twelve thirteen season, I think it was. Um yeah. and I just remember like setting my schedule up being like, Okay, if I finish my homework before seven o'clock, I will be able to watch the game. And it was like pure motivation and just like excitement to watch the sport. And uh I really like seeing teamwork in a sense and definitely there's there's never a time in hockey where it's just like all on the shoulders of one person because Mm. that's like really unhelpful and productive so I really like seeing that aspect of things um and yeah so I really like watching hockey because it's a fast sport like I like baseball but it definitely is a little bit hard to digest sometimes (laughs) um but
0: otherwise yeah i've been a fan forever so very cool yeah baseball for me that was my first sports love i think when i was mm-hmm. when i was a really young kid i ever really liked baseball and that's i'm a bit older and uh, when uh i was a kid it was when uh the toronto blue jays won back to back world series so i was really fired up about baseball when i was a kid but gradually shifted more towards hockey just because of, yeah, just how fun the game is to watch it and how fast paced it is. I never really played myself and wasn't around mm-hmm. rinks like that when I was a kid, but um, yeah, just hockey is, is just such a unique sport to watch. And it's so fun, fun to watch, watch those guys out there just speeding around and, and things like that. Um, yeah. You mentioned the, the 2013 season and, Obviously, that was a disappointing end, but such a, yeah. a thrilling, thrilling run for the Bruins. Um, were there any other, are there any other moments or or players that that stand out over the past few years that have really helped kind of uh, solidify your your love for the team? <laughs>
1: um, yes, for sure. Uh, I was just thinking, like, I realized I'm like, oh, it's such a fast paced game, like, and and the players that I picked when you asked me earlier I was like wow like those are like underdog type of guys like um one of my favorite players ever was uh Gregory Campbell and um when he got injured in the Eastern Conference Final I literally like watching that back even now like gives me chills because I'm like he was literally out there with a broken leg and obviously we know Bergeron (laughs) was super banged up during that game or series whatever um and just realizing that maybe because, like, I I live a sort of fast life in the sense of, like, I'm always, when I'm out and about, like, I'm always going fast. Like, I'm in a power wheelchair and I, like, zoom all over the place. And that's, like, something that now looking at myself while like I'm I'm like, okay, maybe it's because, like, I wish I was going that fast, like, all the time. Like, is there, some, is there something, like, happening inside my brain, like, that I love it for that reason? But, um. I'm, like, honestly thinking that, and, like, I really love people like Gregory Campbell because he's a tough guy, but he is somebody who you know is, like, a voice in that room. Like, even when he was younger, he was kind of, like, a a veteran in the sense of, like, uh, a mentor to the younger players or even, you know, older guys. Um, So just knowing that, um, you know, you can play so many different roles in the sport uh, and all of them usually have a value. I think is really cool. And, you know, the 2013 class especially were uh, special because uh, obviously the Boston Marathon probably happened that year. And that was obviously very close to home for me. And I still get chills, like, watching the video, the anthem, like, whatever game day after, um, the first game after that. And just knowing how much... The city was, like, hoping for them to go as far as they did. Luckily, we had the Red Sox do that for us. But there was just so much uh, unitedness in our city during that time, and I think that that also aided in my, like, obsession with the team that year. Um, But, yeah, just, like, moments of that where just seeing unity um, has always made me love the sport more and more, which is why it's ironic that, like, right now it's a little bit different. So
0: yeah. Yeah, actually while you were talking there about Gregory Campbell, I've never really thought about it before, but uh we mm-hmm. always we always talk about how he yeah, he he broke his leg there, killing that penalty against Pittsburgh. And then you mentioned how Bergeron was banged up in, in the final. Mm-hmm. And as much as that Campbell moment is so memorable and so uh just sticks out for Bruins fans, it really would have been nice if he had remained healthy and that yeah. really could have helped, really could have helped the Bruins with Bergeron banged up. I, I never really thought mm-hmm. about that before, but um, it's a cool moment. But it would have been nice to have him, have him healthy for sure. He was he was a real warrior out there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What what about um, the current the current roster? What what kind of were your thoughts about the season so far before things paused? And, and uh, kind of what do you think were the the biggest uh, positives and maybe the the negatives with, with this roster uh, right now, do you think?
1: Well, right now, like, there are some guys in our team that I forget that we have. And I, <laughs> and I, I like, sometimes feel really bad. And I'm, like, curious because I feel like especially for the 20 – no, yeah, 2018, 19 season – like I feel like I knew everybody on the team like mm-hmm. front to back. This year I'm like, "Oh, we still have him? Like is he okay? Like where is he like on the roster?" Like, "Wow, <laughs> it's so weird. I don't even know. Like just like guys, I'm not even going to name names cuz feel so bad. But like <laughs> I'm wondering like if if there's some lack of communication or or I feel like obviously we're pulling guys from problems all the time and and hopefully for, like reasons like getting them ready for the big time eventually um but I don't know I really do like the roster for this year um it's kind of interesting the the age range we have now Uh um and I find that like our young talent they don't scare me as much as like as they have in the past in the sense of inexperience like we threw pasta in there and in there and they shined like right away but you know like i'm excited for even the next wave of guys to come through um and yeah it's just been really interesting this season i feel like we've had such a large scale of uh exposure to the young guys and you know we're still holding on to dear life to like Zendano and, and like birdie obviously <laughs> yeah. um yeah. and and it will be a sad sad day me when any of those guys retire so I don't know um but I I was really excited in the beginning of the season like we seem like we finally have a, a secure solid group and um and there's just so much respect like you just can feel it like everybody talks about you know the the locker room management in the sense of like you're comfortable with what's going on and and who to look up to and who to talk to. And they're also silly as heck, which I think is really nice to see. Like, you know, obviously you have uh, Krug and Marashi like roasting each other on social media (laughs) all the time. But like, I really enjoy that. Like if if I think about teams that don't seem to have that, it's a little bit sad. Obviously you're like, oh, they're just more mature or whatever. And maybe they do it in private, who knows. But I think that that's like, good for everybody to see like it's still being silly but professional like even though those things are happening we talk more about how much professionalism and respect is still in their locker room and I think that at the end of the day that that's the most important so.
0: mm-hmm. yeah you're right I, I really I really love this version of of the roster and yeah. how many players like even the local guys that they have brought in, they really seem to add to just the the family dynamic of the team, like
1: yeah. Coyle
0: and Wagner. It just it just really feels like like a family. And I don't know if you saw on Instagram last night, uh, Tori Krug posted a a picture. I think he's like on his way back to Boston, and he and he's pretty excited. But he shared this picture on Instagram. And, um,
1: yeah, the one of like a thousand filters on it i was like yes confused i was like who edited this
0: i know and it it made it it kind of looked like a a saber's uniform and i saw people were kind of freaking out like what does this mean why why are you yeah the the filters were really weird it didn't really look like a a bruins uniform i don't know if it but uh i think he also posted a story this morning of like uh an airplane kind of thing in the like an airplane gift. So I think he's mm-hmm. heading back to Boston now and, and more guys are joining um, the skating and looks like they're hoping to start playing again or, sorry, start training camp like next Friday is the plan. Yeah. uh how optimistic are you that, that hockey is actually going to happen now? Or are you kind of on the, the side of let's just shut everything down and, and make sure everybody's – safe and it's not really worth it or are you kind of hoping to see some hockey again this year
1: um it's tough honestly like uh at this point i feel like it's a little bit too late for the nhl to turn back like they've done all these things and they're trying to keep everybody calm even though the number of cases in some ways keep rising Mm -hmm. um i think it's going to be challenging to manage that but you know, like, I'm just like everybody else, like, I, I love to see people play, but I would love to see them play healthily, um, and, and not be risking so many different things that are really out of everybody's control to an extent without, you know, doing extreme measures, um, and it's not going to be the same. I don't know if anybody's, like, placing expectations on what the game's going to be looking like, but it's going to be so different, like, obviously, no fans, uh, which I was talking to somebody today, which might benefit teams like the Leafs. Um, But, (laughs) you know, yeah, it's it's tough because I think we're uh, a little bit naive to think that there won't be consequences from this. And even though um, everybody's really excited for them to come back in a certain extent, like as an escape for so many people, uh, I just I don't know I, I think it's all up in the air me I'm excited but I'm I'm nervous if that's
0: yeah yeah I, th- I think that's fair that's that's kind of where I am too like I would obviously love to see this team back on the ice and and have a chance to to play for the cup and, and make kind of good on on the opportunity that they lost last year but at the same time it's it is concerning and and I don't want anyone to like people often focus on with 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 covid nineteen like people recover or they die, but I've been reading up a lot about <laughs> it, like there's so many different long lasting effects that we don't even know about yet from right. having caught it and just exposing people to it for the sake of trying to bring sports back I, I don't know it seems kind of short sighted and risky, but um. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I'm really torn about it, for sure. Um, I did also want to talk about uh, the article that that you wrote last week on on Pucker Up Sports. Uh, The title was, I never wanted to make my life about my disability until now. And um, I think what really struck me was how a lot we talk about how hockey is for everyone or or should be for everyone that's what we're working towards and a lot of those conversations we focus on uh, race or gender or uh, you know the lgbtq community and you uh, introduced or kind of brought us to focus on um, disability in that as well and how hockey um, is for everyone should uh focus also on on uh yeah people who you might not think you know just because we can't play hockey doesn't mean we're not fans of hockey or can't cover right. hockey and things like that and um i was just wondering if you could talk a bit about um brittle bones disease and how that has impacted your life and also how that relates to you um enjoying and covering the game of hockey as well
1: sure so I've, um, as I said, I've been a fan for probably forever at this point. And, you know, in sports media, particularly, I've been reflecting on the fact that, like, I've never seen myself represented uh, in, in at least NHL settings um, uh-huh. in the sense of, like, other than times where, you know, which... I'm going to preface this with saying, like, this is a completely incredible and so important. But like, I think of Layla from last season. Like, she was a Make A Wish kid. I've I've had a Make A Wish happen to me as well. Um, and other than you know personally, other than experiences like those being shined on uh, in the league, you don't see just like a normal kid. Like normal, as in the sense of like somebody with a, a disability or disorder or whatever. Just being highlighted for being just a kid, not just a kid, a sick kid, you know. Um, Right, right, right. If that makes sense. So Mm, recently, I've been thinking about how, like, uh, you know, I watch *Nessen* and those guys are usually just in the studio, and I've never seen um, myself as either a woman of color in there, except for a couple seasons ago there was an Asian woman there, Um, Mm, or or just somebody with a disability like I I'm not one that could be on television because I a terrible sight and would not be able to use a teleprompter and I'm extremely <laughs> camera shy but like I it was something that I could have probably pursued but because I didn't see myself in that space you know I wonder like did I not want to pursue that because I never saw myself reflected in it so many people like you know you probably see a guy that like can look like you on TV and like you know oh like maybe that could be me one day like who knows um and I want to get to a place where like disabled bodies just aren't you know either a, a sob story or what I categorize as like just inspirational hit pieces right. um I want to be more than that I want to be able to like show kids that I've worked with that like this is it's normal, like, it's normal to be different, and it's important to highlight differences uh, in, in healthy ways in representations that aren't ones of, like, you know, oh, like, they have this X, Y, and Z, like, that's so sad. Like, we should be grateful. Like, I want to be grateful for seeing somebody of my stature, I guess, with the opportunity to talk about sports. Like, in, in the most ironic sense ever, of course, like, obviously, I've, I'll never play or I haven't even entertained the idea of doing that. And obviously, there's like sledge hockey and things like that. But even that I didn't see till I was much older. So I think highlighting, um, differences and embracing them in a organic way is, is going to be something that, uh, needs to become more current and important uh, over the next couple of decades or whatever. Um, But yeah, I don't, I grew up uh, with mostly, if not all, all able-bodied, normal people. So I was never treated really any differently. And uh, I actually worked for the athletic department in my high school, both under uh, our football team and under our girls' varsity basketball team. Oh, and cool. I was, like, social media for them and, you know, like, making flyers, handling roster stuff. Um But it was so I could be a part of something that I couldn't completely be a part of. But, like, I still felt like I was on the team in a way. But it didn't turn into a news story or anything like that. Because to me, it was just a normal but also a nice opportunity, Um, if that makes sense. So, yeah, uh-huh. it's just it's – it's been – kind of boring in the sense of, like, nothing nothing really inventive or special feels like it's ever happened to me, which I think is good. But I'd really like to see, like, the normalcy of that in the world. Like, I'm sure there are other stories like mine out there, and they're just not being highlighted the same um, as others. So hopefully we get to that point.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's really cool. And, and I know that there has been a, a pretty – uh Strong and positive reaction to to this post that you had out last week can you can you talk a bit about that and kind of feel free to name drop some people that have that have reached <laughs> out or or mentioned it along or shared yeah. it along the way?
1: Yeah, well, I know you know but um yeah it's been I didn't know what to expect honestly I didn't I didn't write this with any real intention but to put the words out there and to maybe open the conversation uh, in whatever way that comes in. But it started because um, obviously the Hockey Diversity Lines came together and that was announced. And obviously, I've been keeping up with everything Akeem Elliott puts out and, uh-huh. you know, his story earlier this year. Um, and then the Players Tribune article and his personal stuff. Like, I've just been so inspired by him in the sense of, like, we're in two very different situations in life but I know what it's like to wake up with something and it not be able to just disappear like he wakes up a black man every day like people with different skin colors wake up the same every day and I wake up a disabled person every day and that's not something that is ever going to change overnight so hearing his words and seeing what has has happened to him over the last two decades or so um probably like closer to 15 years but you know, like, seeing his trajectory and where it probably could have went, if for any reason there could have been more positive intervention, um, Uh. has been really sad to see, but also like, that's why I felt like there was never going to be a right time for me to bring myself or or people like me into this conversation, I felt like. So, I was like, you know what, let's let's just do it. So, (laughs) um, one of my colleagues and now my friend Fran, she actually messaged Akeem on Instagram and was like, hey, like my my friend uh, has a disability and she'd really like to, you know, get involved in some way and like we'll share her story kind of with you. And um, he actually responded to her, which I thought was really nice and things were really picking up for him that week when we did this. Mm -hmm. So I was really surprised that he took the time to do that. Um, And he like gave her a contact for me to email. And then I emailed that person. And then I decided to send him a message myself and be like, Hey, like I reached out to your contact. Like, I just want to let you know, because uh, he's probably a really popular guy right now. And I wasn't sure if he'd like hear from me personally. So like, let me just see what happens. Um, and then ever since then, like he and I have been going back and forth, like little things, and we're getting to a place where we'll be able to chat one day. But obviously, he is very busy um, doing the real work. So I was inspired by that conversation to then put my story out there. And in huh. a certain extent, like it's not really even about me. Uh, at least I don't think it is. It's more about like, where we need to get to and how we need to, you know, not just use the slogan to say that we're anti-racist or say that we're anti-ableist or to say that we're pro-LGBTQ communities. Like, we need to be more than that. And, um, and obviously, that's not going to happen overnight. So I think that, you know, any conversation right now that we want to have in regards to coffee culture... I think should be shared now so that cause I feel like we're in a rebuild year, um, overarching in the NHL, like mm-hmm. so much is happening. Obviously you've seen like the other sad stories that are coming out outside the NHL and right. inside too, like things are just happening. And the domino effect is, is really evident right now and seeing it, although extremely painful and extremely toxic in some ways, um, these are all really important stories. Not to say that mine really is right now, but like the overarching theme of it, I feel like is important to get out there. Um, and we just have to do more than just say like hockey is for everyone and just assume that that means what it says. Um, if that all makes sense.
0: Sorry. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you you mentioned the hockey diversity Alliance and I was really encouraged to see that form <laughs> up and I'm excited to get my Change hockey culture T-shirt in the mail next week, I think. Um, But I'm glad that people are reaching out, and and uh, I'm hopeful that it will, you know, expand beyond the original group of of just men. That it will include, you know, women and people of different um, abilities and orientations and things like that, so that it's really reflective of of that broader group. And uh, so I'm glad that you've been in touch touch with Akeem, and hopefully. This is just i believe it, it's just a starting point and and there's mm-hmm. going to be some really cool things that that come out of that so i'm really glad that you shared your story and 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 um i know a lot of people were uh yeah just really happy to see that and, and the reaction to it so that, that was really cool yeah. um before we uh wrap up i usually like to ask people too since you know we've been um a lot of people locked down for months and, and trying to f- Figure things out, what to do, how how have you been keeping busy uh, these last few months? What have what have you been have you been watching anything, cool or reading anything, or how you've been kind of passing the time? Any any recommendations that you have to pass along to people?
1: Um, it's been a really slow couple months. Uh, <laughs> I I got home from school in March. I go to UMass Amherst, and uh, we had to switch to all online, obviously. And uh, once school finished up, I was like, I can do nothing now. Like, this is (laughs) great. Like, I can go back to doing absolutely nothing. Um, But recently, uh, with, you know, everything going on in the U.S., like, I've been taking the time to watch a lot of Netflix documentaries. And um, obviously, 13th is a really popular one. And I watched Mm, that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, and I, I, I feel like I have a a really deep understanding and and feelings about these issues that are going on. So, you know, like doing it every day gets exhausting, obviously, for anybody. Um, but it needs to be done. Like, you need to to educate yourself and be aware. Which, um, I think we're heading to a good place. But I also just like to uh, rewatch episodes of the office like i just nice, like yeah. doing doing boring things like that and and shows that i obviously know the outcome too but like my brain's like oh this is new information like it's really not like i've seen this a thousand times yeah like, um just doing stuff like that and then obviously it'll like to make it sound weird it will be the two-week anniversary of my article on thursday so i've kind of been tracking like in my mind like how many things have happened in the last Two weeks, and it's probably been more than's ever happened to me in the last year. So to to digest all of that at once is like kind of hard in some ways, cause, um, you know, I hear new things like every day, it's it's been really exciting, and I was really excited to come on this show, obviously, cause it's Bruins based. My last one was very much not, um, which was kind of intimidating, but ultimately really good. So I've just been taking any opportunity to connect with. People and to share my story and to share my hopes or what will be in the future. But otherwise, um, like I said, I was so free today because it was either this or like an episode of Big Mouth. So I think (laughs) think I'm doing okay. Like uh, I'm yeah, that sounds like a good day. Yeah, Yeah.
0: that's awesome. Well, I very much appreciate uh, you taking some time to to chat today. and And where Mm -hmm. can people uh, find you on Twitter and where where can people find your um, your hockey writing?
1: So I work for Pucker Up Sports. It's an all women's publication. My only article is the one that's pinned to my profile on Twitter, uh, and I don't really write about sports. I handle it on social media with the Boston okay, cool. sector of it. Nice. Um, But yeah, I would not consider myself uh, a journalist in a good way. There's so many amazing women that I work with that are. You should definitely check out their content. We post pretty much every day. So um, follow us there. Um, And yeah, my Instagram and Twitter are Chanelly37. Chanel, like the perfume, extra L -L Y 37. Um, Obviously, for Patrice on, So, you know, that's it.
0: Very cool. Well yeah, again, thank you so much for taking some time and uh I'd love to connect again when uh hockey's actually back to talk talk about the Bruins and whatever whatever has happened uh in the time between uh, between our chats and uh yeah, I hope you have a, a great rest of the day and we'll definitely chat again soon.
1: Awesome, thanks, you too.